This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. So yeah, the Toronon is saying here uh, that he's looking forward to the rain because really we are in the heat. We are in hell. <laughs> so <laughs> I saw a colleague Leratombele just X as well earlier on, just talking about the heat, just saying something along the lines of if this is what hell is like, then we all need to repent here because you don't want to find yourself navigating that particular kind of pressure, that heat pressure that we saw play out here in Gauteng. But then we are, we are a country on the move, right? Like we always say, there's always something happening here at home and we saw the newspapers as well were spoiled for choice in terms of uh, the news uh, navigating stage six, stage eight, six uh, of load shedding. Uh, yeah, the minister said it's, it's six, not eight. So uh, we'll take his word uh, for it. Uh, but then uh, we saw also uh, just uh, this past weekend uh, something that uh, is, is an effect of uh, this energy crisis uh, that uh, we see playing out. Uh, just a story coming out of the Limpopo province uh, where a patient died in front of the Limpopo clinic after a security guard denied him access due to load shedding. So the ripple effects of load shedding. Uh, this patient dying at the Northam Clinic uh, there in Limpopo uh, over the weekend. And Flori, this is one story that is just bizarre when you look at how then there have been a lot of pressure uh, put on government to try and exempt uh, public uh, you know, entities or institutions like clinics and uh, the likes. Uh, but here, uh, this story is just giving us a sense of how then load shedding is also affecting the health sector. Good morning, good morning, and uh, really and truly, this is one of those instances where you really don't know if you find yourself, if you should really say you're frustrated, because at some point you think to yourself, the frustrations really, uh, you know, are, are no longer worth it. But when you consider, as you rightfully say, when we got into the thick of things earlier in the year, we had this conversation around, well, uh, the exemption of schools, uh, public health facilities, and all those other places, uh, and we don't really know where you know where they where they where that conversation uh, continued or where it left off. But this is really a story that really shows, and I think at this point in time, this is one of the things that we've often tried to do in the conversations we've had is to be able to say, to be able to show that despite the fact that you have this 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 monster and we know that load shedding is that thing that really just you know irks us it's the very fundamental bane of our existence but we find ourselves now in that space where we have tried to always look at it uh, instead of worrying about the technical and the political aspects of it actually looking at what it does and what the effects thereof are uh, for the ordinary person i mean you would remember Halfway through the year, we did the story on the person who actually, uh, I think it was on 
Twitter at the time, X now, where the person actually found themselves uh, having tweeted about a friend who was or who needed uh, a ventilator and such, and then mm. load shedding Yashapakopara, mm. and then next thing you know, they didn't make it. So this is another one of such instances where you really just don't understand how do you work around it, but something needs to happen because this is one story where it happened in this clinic when you think of that tweet you then come to realize that it's a prevalent thing. And these are just the stories that make it to the public space. But yes, a patient died at the entrance of Northam Clinic in Limpopo on Saturday after a security guard denied him uh, denied the patient entry to the facility. Now the man's family had brought him to the clinic at around 3 a.m. on Saturday. At that time, the patient was bleeding from all his bodily offices, according to the health department in the province. But instead of allowing the family in, uh, the security guard informed them that due to load shedding, they would not open for them, but instead gave them contact numbers for emergency medical services. Now, according to the department, the man had already died by the time the ambulance arrived. Uh, it is said by the MEC, Popira Ramatoba, that... Uh, Nurses, uh, this is also from the department, that nurses on duty were only informed after the fact that the patient had died. The MEC certainly said that uh, whilst waiting on the full report of what transpired, they are hurt, saddened and equally angered by the allegations. Denying access to healthcare facilities contradicts our commitment to upholding basic human Rights, uh, and of course, now this is off of the back of the fact that uh, ESCOM had announced stage six load shedding over the last mm. couple of days over the weekend, um, allowing the utility to replenish its reserves. And then, of mm. course, stage four was implemented from uh, yesterday afternoon, I said that's yeah. being a Sunday afternoon, but. Here's the true essence of the story is that now we've got many problems. One is the issue of load shedding and this notion, this energy crisis that we have and what it actively means for, you know, hindrances to services, but essential services specifically, which is in this instance a life-threatening uh, a life-threatening occurrence. That's number one. But number two, you then ask yourself, and this is something that, you know, is, is similar to when we got... Uh, out of the peak of the pandemic as to how do companies actively now, you know, use, or, you know, acclimate to new human resource management skills. You know, how do you work out working from home and doing all those things and still counting it as working and all of that. Now, this is another thing that really is a very, very important thing because there's another story that I think we also did early on in the year in and around accessibility. I think it was Goparakwanath uh, as well where you now come to realize that between offering of medical services and the access control uh, that is had in these facilities, there is a dissonance between the active role that access control and security must work and then actually execute as well as, you know, actually getting to be given a service because regardless of the fact that load shedding had taken place or anything of the sort, if someone is coming to a healthcare facility to receive medical attention, regardless of the state of whether there's power or not or whatever, there are means and mechanisms that can be undertaken to actively ensure that said person 
takes the time that said person is actually attended to. So now you've got a situation where someone has died and uh, mm. the, yes, uh, ESCOM could possibly be liable, uh, one, but now you also have another individual who fundamentally has the blood of someone else's life on their hands because of the fact that they could not uh, be able to read a situation and just do what needed to be done to gain access. You see, it would have been a different story if they got they gained access and inside they could not be treated. But to know that they willfully were denied access because of this thing, it really causes a problem. But really and truly matters surrounding access control to healthcare facilities at this point in time is really, really a problem that yeah. uh, if not dealt with could actually have very, very deep and devastating mm. uh, ramifications for our healthcare system, which already is shaky from time to time. I mean, we see the the department as well, uh, just moving forward to also clarify that uh, this is one facility that is also open and operational even during load shedding, right? Uh, because there was confusion as to what, uh, do we find these hospitals uh, shutting their doors because what we, we have heightened levels of load shedding now? Uh, don't they have contingency measures in place to try by all means to continue delivering services here. Uh, what does this mean then uh, also for that particular case that we're talking about where we saw government oppose uh, that move to try and exempt here? Uh, I, I mean, this is a question that also came back again uh, to the Minister of Electricity, Dr. Hosien Soramokhop. I think I was with him about two, three weeks ago where he was giving us an update, his weekly uh, update around the, you know, energy action plan and we asked him about it to say isn't there a way that you can now then move to try and exempt then those that are writing the exams now the matriculants you know that exemption conversation came back again to say how do we then balance it and try and by all means to ensure that we safeguard uh, the matriculants that are writing their exams here as we see load shedding play out? And he was saying that it's you know close to impossible to do that. It's not going to work uh, where then you'll find that there are a lot of uh, units that are connected to communities that are linked to schools. They're using the same grid and the likes. So if you're going to be exempting a school, so you're essentially exempting a particular community, uh, meaning that it's going to create a problem because then everyone will want to be exempted, right? So he's saying it's a tough uh, balancing act, but uh, we'll wait and see how then things uh, pan out here. Uh, but there's bound to be accountability in terms of really then what happens, who gave the instructions to the security guard to say, give people the emergency numbers when they get here, attend them away because we can't accommodate them. Was it a genuine, the hospital is incapacitated or was it an issue of really someone that was supposed to do something and, and they didn't do it the way that they should? I mean, we're not guaranteed that load shedding is going to be a thing of the past anytime soon. So the sooner all of these facilities get their houses in order, the better. You know, that's where then we'll get the best out of everyone that is trying to also navigate this, uh, you know, space or journey of load shedding. 
unprecedented, uh, you know, really, really unprecedented. But I want us to move, Chloe, uh, to another story that we saw uh, make headlines last week going into the weekend. Also, it's going to be a big talker uh, this week, uh, the story of Oscar Pistorius. You know, a lot of people, I saw uh, the debate also rage uh, on social media, uh, people saying that why aren't we calling him a murderer? Because that's essentially who he is. He's a murderer, right? He was convicted of murder, of uh, murdering River Stenkamp. Why are we still saying ex-Paralympian? Why are we, uh, but to others, uh, you uh, you know, cutthroat, uh, go straight to say the colonel is a murderer. Uh, you know, wh- wh- why isn't it uh, the same uh, w- with other people? It seems that there's still element of sensitivity. Remember also during his case, uh, there were a lot of people that were talking about how he's a, a you know, Paralympian and, and the likes and others saying that uh, his disability uh, should see people really sympathize uh, with him. Uh, but 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 here uh, we are dealing with a murderer uh, and, and, and he, he has gotten parole. Oscar Pistorius. This was, of course, and this remains, I think, 10 years later, probably one of the, I think it's also, it's the modern day version of, I guess, for for, for those that weren't around at the time, uh, O.J. Simpson's uh, murder trial. And I think uh, there, there, there are certain elements that he didn't, he, but yeah. Ages after being sent to prison, Oscar Pistorius will be released on parole and will emerge uh, to a different world when he is freed on January uh, the 5th, a far cry from his former life as a globetrotting athlete. And certainly, it depends on where you are, which article you are reading, who you're listening to, but there is certainly a inconsistent uh, description as you rightfully mm. say around uh, what he is uh, it's, it's 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 you know it 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 doesn't take away from the fact that yes he was a paralympic athlete and uh, a good one at that uh, but at the end of the day he was convicted he was accused he was convicted and he was sentenced and he served the time and so it should mm. read uh, convicted uh, a convicted murderer or convicted uh, murder uh, Paralympian, Oscar Pistorius, those kind of things, attached somewhere, <laughs> and 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 this is really, you know, before getting into the the, the, the nitty gritties, really, this is yeah. about a, a constant issue upon which we've reflected to be able to say that there is a certain bias based on an individual and based on an individual's race mm. uh, around mm. how you particularly describe the offense and the individual and, 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 you know, those, those kind of things. And I mean, there is a long line of, of, of stories that we can actively look toward, uh, to be able to say, this is what happened. This is what happened. This is the case, uh, in terms of, you know, what, it, what, what is, what is said about someone, for example, uh, when you look at some of these articles, uh, you know, online and such, classic case in point the young lady uh, who had those millions deposited into her nasfus account uh mm. it didn't even take long for us to you have see? her picture posted <laughs> and all of that and we knew her exactly. name and you know where she comes yeah. from and where she she lives and and who her parents are 
But similarly so, there were white executives that defrauded the same company or another company. And all it was was uh, two executives defraud a big mm. company. Da, 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 and then they just show a picture of a newspaper <laughs> of the stock exchange or, logo or, on the or whatever. <laughs> so it really goes to show that there is still a bias of reporting and a shaping of narratives and identity in terms of who does what, when, where, and how. And you can almost sense that to the extent that there is these things that are being reported upon, that there is a sense in terms of reporting that there is a, there's a desire to almost present the fact that uh, don't forget that even though we're not sure whether, yes, he might have been convicted, but we're not sure if he really did it. And even if he didn't do it, or even if he did, let's not forget that he had such a talent and he was such a, but anyone else had it been a, an athlete of color, they would have been able to say, I mean, let's look at Elton Yankees, for example, mm -hmm. after the scandal, the Springbok fly off after the scandal <clears throat> that was there, uh, they started saying disgraced, Springbok fly half Elton Yankees and uh, you know a fair accused Springbok fly half so there are those biases that really come in terms of uh, what is occurring in terms of how we actively describe this situation and what people should understand is in terms of labeling him by what he was convicted it doesn't take away from all previous things but there must be a consistency in what is said in terms of this is who he is this is what he did but nevertheless um we do know that this past week he was finally granted parole following a whole roller coaster of litigation uh, that started, of course, with the trial, his original sentencing, the appeal, and then the, the subsequent sentencing by the Correctional Supervision and Parole Board uh, for Hosimamburu, the second management area, spent just under an hour on Friday uh, deliberating whether the now 37-year-old met the requirements for release and of course we are told that in this time that uh Riva Stiengam's mother june uh when asked uh, certainly still to this day does not necessarily mm. believe uh the nature of events or you know the description of the nature of events that mm. oscar uh, says took place on that fateful uh 2013 valentine's day uh, but beyond that uh it is uh, something that she still believes mm. that she does not see or perceive him to actively be uh, rehabilitated or to still show any level of remorse. And really, this is then the conversation that we have around, you know, no, no, uh, whilst there are technical aspects around, you know, this notion of uh, granting an offender parole and all of that, when it comes to uh, how do you quantify uh, not not even how do you qualify, but certainly how do you quantify what are the tangible mm -hmm. uh, aspects that can be shown, that can be displayed to actively say that uh, this is someone who is who has been rehabilitated, this is someone who has shown remorse, this is someone who has been seen to have gone through the system and be able to take account for what they were able to do and as a result thereof they may then be taken or be considered for release to be reintegrated mm. into society now of course uh with oscar's 
with Oscar's uh, parole and, and then subsequent freeing, it doesn't mean that now he's uh, or he would be free come 2024, January 5th, uh, to do as he pleases when he wants to and all those other things. There are a l- number of things that he would still be accountable towards, of course, having to check in with parole officers yeah. and still fundamentally serve uh, portions of his sentence, just being able to do so. Uh, outside the confines, so you're still of serving, prison. right? So parole yeah. doesn't yeah. say you are free. Yes, it, yes. It fundamentally. says there certain conditions Correct. where maybe you'll have to sign, you'll have Correct. to uh, unexpected maybe visits from parole officers uh-huh. that would check if you are there, and and then you're limited uh, yes. in terms of what you can do. It's just that you're not serving time behind bars. Behind bars, exactly. And so there are still those aspects, and certainly uh, even within that time, as that continues he will likely still be in a very reclused and a very closed-off space. Mm. Uh, There would still be, of course, the limitations around. uh, Those are some of the other uh, parameters that come with uh, parole, you know, to be able to say you can only be within the confines of the Gauteng province or Mm. Pretoria. So so, so usually how how long does it take if you are serving a parole? Is it equivalent to the years that were remaining uh, in terms of what you were serving? If maybe, let's say, you were serving 16 years mm-hmm. you only went there for 10 years six years suspended or they like something like that mm-hmm. so so what you are uh, under parole for for the, the remainder of that term yes yes so so fundamentally your parole would uh move for that portion of the term that 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 had not been served you know ex- exclusive or exclusive of the suspended years and all those other things and of course it goes without saying that any violation thereof of the parameters mm. and the regulations that come uh, with your parole would then result uh, in, mm. uh, you know, the termination of that, you going back and completing then your sentence accordingly mm. behind bars. So <sighs> he's, he's, he's a free man in the sense that, or he will be a free man in January in the sense that he would no longer be uh, under, uh, you know, physically in a correctional services space Mm. but his life uh, for the most part uh, as he continues to serve this out and of course then there being constant reviews thereafter as time goes on as to whether or not his behavior has changed and if the behavior has changed uh, would he then still need to serve it Uh, but as it stands uh, he's a free man outside Mm. of the confines of prison but certainly not within the confines of society yeah, I mean, June Stienkamp are just cutting a lonely figure uh, when you yeah. look at what has been happening over time. She just recently lost her husband, Barry Stienkamp. Remember that they were uh, tied by the hip uh, where this particular case is concerned. But we see her uh, just sending out a statement, not even attending this last uh, session uh, of parole, but yeah. saying here, um, I have an article in front of me here from Times Live, and uh, she's saying that, I hope his rehabilitation includes a psychotherapy uh, to deal with his temper and abusive behavior mm. towards women. So she's heartbroken. They're saying that says a heartbroken, uh, you know, Rivas Tienkamp's mom, June mm. here, uh, saying that I'm not attending Oscar's parole hearing as I simply cannot muster the energy to face mm. him again. So Barry's death has opened uh, the wounds in many ways uh, caused by Riva's death. 
I had forgiven Oscar long ago, as I knew almost instantly I would not be able to survive if I had to cling to my anger. Yeah. I do not believe Oscar's version that he thought the person in the toilet was a burglar. I do not know anybody who does. My dearest child screamed for her life loud enough for the neighbors to hear her. I do not know what gave rise to his choice to shoot through a closed door four times with hollow point ammunition when I believed he knew it was River. So you can tell that she's still, you know, yeah, she still doesn't believe Oscar, you know, she still doesn't mm. believe that justice is served here uh, because I think what would make her happy is him acknowledging that indeed I knew it was River behind, uh, mm. you know, the door. But what does that do? Because it will just be called comfort uh, when you look at what has happened over time. The husband suffering a stroke as well, uh, the family going through mm. the most. Uh, but one thing that we see them pushing here uh, is how then we see them uh, just going through her foundation here, the Rivest Income Foundation, to raise awareness around issues of gender-based violence, femicide, uh, and uh, the like. So, so there's a lot uh, that one uh, could say that uh, would uh, wait and see, would expect to see how then uh, he serves the remainder of his term here. Yeah, uh, something. That that it's, it's just called comfort because uh, River Stenkamp is gone. Every year, uh, Valentine's, we tend to remember uh, River mm. Stenkamp because also the timing of her death yeah. is just something that was just sure. Uh, it, it's something else. It's, eh? it's, it's, it's horrendous to say the least. And I think this really speaks to a greater thing, really. I mean, all these years later, um, you know... You, it, it, it creates such a sense of 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 of, of pain. It, it, it it's something that will never be forgotten. You know, no parent mm. ever wants to have their child precede them uh, in death, and and then you find that uh, you know more especially it it, it becomes it, it's 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 ten times more. And I can only begin, and I'm just using this to the best of my uh, knowledge, not even understanding or being able to articulate that pain fully. Mm. It's 10 times more worse when it's at the hands of someone else. And this then speaks to something far greater, which I think is a conversation that has certainly even emanated from, you know, other high-profile cases such as that of uh, Chris Hani's death, you know, with Clive Darby Lewis, with Janus Wallace, uh, around the notion of parole, the notion of justice, the notion of our justice system when you consider uh, those that have passed on or those that, that have died at the hands of others, uh, you know, due to murder and all those other things, that what is it exactly that you can be able to give uh, the, the family of, of, of the victims? What mm. is it that you can be able to do that's enough? Because even if Oscar served time, life in prison, uh, and who was only eligible for parole 10 years from now, mm. it still would not Most, be enough. It's a wound. It can it, never it can be never enough. Change. You know what I mean? So and how and do also when you hear that, that the dead are passed on from yes. a broken heart. Yes. You know, he suffered a stroke. Yeah. And all of these things are connected because it's all linked to the loss of the daughter here. Yes. Uh, unexpectedly so. 
they had to go through that whole process, trials and the likes, and uh, even to a point had to uh, sit down with Oscar Pistorius because that's part of the parole process. Mm. Uh, so you can hear that uh, they still cannot come to terms with the fact that yes. she is no more, uh, and, and it's because of him. And, and I love the fact that you mentioned, uh, you know, your Janusz Walusz, your Clive Darby Lewis, where then the parole system is concerned here at home. Uh, but the Afro expert on X Tapiwa uh, saying that Tori uh, Gatlero, parole is what Shabir Sheikh did. Happy days ahead. Uh, the system discriminates against those without resources. He's saying here that there are so many other people, uh, deserving beings, that aren't given it. So, anyways, it's a banana republic in the animal farm. So, so it, 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 it comes back to that. Uh, what he's saying here is that if you have money, if you have the resources, the know-how, then you can push for parole and then get a uh, some sort of uh, an ear. Uh, but uh, saying that there are a lot of people that are deserving of parole here, and it doesn't mm. look like it's it's the same experience for, for everyone here that go through the system. And that, that that is the truth. That is the honest truth, uh, no matter which way you paint it. Uh, because if you, you, you have the necessary resources you have, you're able to employ a uh, Bariru, uh, you know, of um, Trengrove or Dalimbofu uh, mm. uh, or any one of the senior councils that you may, you know, want to represent you. And, and really resources. And, and, and here's the thing. And we, we, we need to always make sure that there's a fine line. This is not to say that justice is determined by how much money you have because there are instances where our justice system has certainly been in favor of you know uh, those that might not be well resourced and such but ultimately what it does say is when you have certain resources it allows you to be able to have access to better equipped teams better equipped uh, legal advice that would be able to actively work toward uh, stating a better case uh, for you, and 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 it's 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 a known fact that our justice system, uh, in all aspects, from you know the law enforcement mm. to the actual system, when it comes to sentencing and arbitration, to even correctional services, that there are flaws and there are holes that can be picked in each and every one of those things. But there is certainly a certain truth. Uh, as to the experience of uh, people within uh, the justice system, uh, be it uh, experiences of perpetrators, experiences of offenders, experiences of the victims and uh, their next of kin. And really, it's something that can never really fully be rectified, but there is always imp- there is always an importance to ensure that you're working to actively close those gaps and those holes to make it a more equitable system as it should be. Hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's really going to, it's still an emotive yeah. one, right? And not just for the Stiengams, but for South Africa in general, even those that were disappointed by Oscar Pistorius because he was the diamond, he was at the peak of his career yeah. at the time when these scandal and this event happened here. Yes. But George, you're calling us from Social Nguve. You also want to talk about uh, Oscar Pistorius and what is happening here. Uh, he's essentially a free man. He's being released on parole. Come January, he'll be there at his uncle's house. Hey, Kakoro. Mm, how are you? Hi, I'm not sharp. 
voice ke utlo letseng ye ya ntato gore gore e ka re e batla le nna ke tholele hala le latselano wa le hopola gore le nna ke khono ke na ka ntlung ya power fm ya fader din tsame bras a re shapo joena ne man grand man no man taba ya oskai man na ntswa re shapo pila pila wona because of yeah, it's like uh, our government, everyone mm. uh, uh, in reality, it's like they are benefiting from criminals, the ones who are, right? mm. so, uh, and then they have a, a favor and then they support this thing, but why do you someone who we have? Uhudi someone who we have, or more like, and then all the way to her, no, na lady ba nong e tla tlisa tsentle ka mohae and then e go no tlhela se fe ufulwana and then se se ya fela ka so it's a sad story but na for na ka tabaya this guy is not a suitable for na hore a ka na free man for now it's all burning a free man because mm. that, that's what Tlohi was saying here uh, that it, it's it's such an emotive issue uh, to a point whereby even if we say that uh, this guy must be released 40 years later it it really can never be enough uh, to to even bring a river back so so, so, so what 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 uh, what would fit the purpose what would fit uh, the, the the crime here uh, something that would satisfy us as South Africans I think in uh, for Nane, mm. that guy he should have stayed until until one thing if possible on good reason. Because yeah, Molawaro na o soft tata when it comes to what to Mona no libua lekaba to botona libo krisahani, but okarwa level lava to baba kusend in They are living life, eh? My lord but bahete one Ne. There are many people by Lorongori, they are dead. Even Lynn, I've got friends by Lorongori, they did something bad, they Lorongori, but how did Pantitela? But now they are outside and then they are working wonderful, good jobs. Yes. Yes. While by Lorongori, while by Lorongori, they were outside here, we don't have that chance. Why mm. one? So. It's not good enough. Well, but they are crying, but the whole nation, as you said, my brother. But now is not enough for that guy to get that parole. It's all fresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like even during the like what Tlohi was saying uh, during the trial, you can see that he 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 managed to get mm. services at uh, Beriru and 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 the likes. So yeah. he was bound to really navigate this particular uh, sentence in a way that he'll still come out. Uh, there were issues around uh, really how his treatment was even when he was behind bars, people talking about special treatment mm. and the likes. Mm, so you can brother, tell yeah. when her money talks here. Yeah, money money talks, my brother, mm. but not in life. When it comes mm. to a person's life, mm. it's like, as come call, le, 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 le
my brother. They forget, Hori, this is life, Sabatu, by the Kopen. It's like maybe animals or something that they don't exist. They must think life life is very important, my brother. It's hard to raise a kid. It's hard, my brother. And then at the end of the thing, and then you just lose your kid like that. Mm, nice. Yeah, let's thank wait you, and see when, uh, uh, what happens. But again, mm-hmm. George, thank you very much. Thank for you. Call. Thank you, my brother. Sure, sure. George calling us there uh, from Sochanguve. I mean, can can anything ever be enough? Uh, you know, we'll always be emotional. He's saying, George, yeah. uh, that it's still fresh. Yeah. Uh, and and to what to the Femedia River, it will always be fresh. It won't go away, especially when you hear also, you know, June talking about how River was at a, a state uh, or a point in her life where she was talking about uh, starting a family you know what i mean and and pursuing a career and pushing mm-hmm. through uh, and and the like so it, it will always be a reminder that oh maybe she could have had like a, a baby girl or a baby boy a, yeah. river, a junior or, or something like that uh, because they're saying that really from a young age she had wanted a solid life uh, that would more or less see her, uh, you know, more or less helping a family, uh, becoming a mom uh, and continuing to work uh, there at the training, the racing horses with her dad. Mm-hmm. This is what they used to do. But uh, really, then we see uh, the justice system uh, coming through as well, saying that each and everyone has a right. Right. Even inmates have rights as yep. well. So meaning that Oscar Pistorius can't then be crucified uh, forever. At some point, uh, the Constitution will have to shield him and uh, the rights, he'll have to be afforded uh, those rights. So let's wait and see uh, in January what happens. Yeah. But one thing that we're hearing is that then maybe probably he'll be released into the care of his uncle. Uh, he'll be staying there by the uncle's house mm-hmm. for the remainder of uh, his t- term and, and and we'll tend to wait and see how then uh, this happens or this plays out but uh, we hearing River saying that she hopes that he's rehabilitated uh, he's undergone a psychotherapy to deal with his anger here and his abuse towards women mm. So yeah, we also, can only hope. We can only hope, man. This is a we can only hope, game, especially really. when you look at how then we going into uh, the sixteen days of activism against women and children. Mm. Uh, that whole campaign, uh, you tend to see a lot of names, a lot of people. Then uh, talk about where we find ourselves as a nation mm. and how then. We tend to see a lot of campaigns linked to or attached to certain people uh, that have passed on, like your Rivas Camp, your Win and Mkhochana, you know, your Karabo Mukwena and the likes. So when we go into this particular space, this is where then we see uh, South Africa uh, just marking these days in a way that they ramp up uh, issues of gender-based violence and femicide actually playing out as we speak right now, Lauren. Yeah, this is... You know there's a time or there's a period in time that I'm annoyed. And, and and anyone who knows me knows very well how much I love my country and how I love, you know, everything. It's, it's, it's literally the 25th of November to the 10th of December because of this exact thing. When you come off of, we just dealt with the pain of... Uh, you know, 10 years later since Reva's death, we, we, we deal with the pain and the ramifications of Oscar. And then we get to this 16 days of no violence against women and children. And here's the thing. I don't... I, I, I don't 
have an annoyance with the period or the initiative mm. uh, because it's an important, it's a pandemic on its own, uh, gen- gender-based violence and femicide is a pandemic on its own. My issue comes with the fact that for the seriousness of this entire situation, we can't make it any event and be okay with that. And this is the situation that we find ourselves in now time and time again, that we live in a society that has become somewhat comfortable with this, that the plights, that the the, the dangers under which uh, a number of women live, our partners, our mothers, our aunts, our sisters, our cousins, our friends, uh, we've become so okay with it that we've made this mm-hmm. pandemic a simple event case in point 16 days of no violence against women yet 881 women and 293 children were killed in south africa during the period of july and september this year now that total number in excess of a thousand or one hundred that's just the cases that we often always say actually make it to the books these are the cases that are reported these are the cases that sometimes not even all of them result in arrests and possible convictions and you know so it it, it really makes the the the, the general essence of these uh, numbers uh, even the more disheartening but nevertheless uh, we are further told that from this uh, minister of uh, police Bekele, uh, said on the eve of uh, the 16 days or the launch of our this year's 16 days of activism that the that his ministry that the police ministry in specific is motivated by the SAPS's continued successes in bringing perpetrators to book. Yes, there have been developments. Yes, there have been some, but certainly not enough to a point that we can actively see that the work is being done. Uh, He had said that in the work that has been done, uh, this is also inclusive of recent identification and takedown of 27 uh, sexual predators in uh, the country. Um, also welcoming the sentencing of Mario Jutzi, uh, who was handed a 6,400-year jail sentence after being found guilty of more than 1,000 charges of child, child pornography. pornography case, yeah. uh, you know, it is. Uh, he is quoted as saying that it is clear attacks and violence me- uh, meted on women and children the elderly and the most vulnerable uh, in our country remains shameful and these are you know these are those words and those you know standard uh, standard operating terms that we find from our government officials that often really just uh, leave one with a sour taste in your mouth uh, certainly because you understand what um that 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 that, that even from just the language that is often used that mm. we it's a notion of we note that this is a problem we know that uh, this is an issue but it's not an issue issue it's like it's an issue but it's not a issue issue i mean uh, when you look at the further statistics 14,401 female victims were f- victims of assault and that's just 
as I always say, and this is the important thing that we must always take these numbers into the context of those that are made public and known. And 1,514 were victims of attempted murder during the three-month period. Um, over 10,500 rapes were reported. And according to the SAPS, 4,726 rape incidents took place at either the home of the rape victim or the home of the perpetrator known to uh, the victim. So th there's stats and there's numbers, but here's the thing, right? Those stats, those numbers, that's someone's child, that's someone's daughter, that's someone's uh, friend, that's someone's partner, uh, that's someone, and, and, and notwithstanding, that's someone's, uh, you know, uh, son, that's someone's child, uh, in those numbers, you, 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 or there's there's numbers that we probably don't even know of uh, around those who are, you know, members of the LGBTQIA plus community uh, who, who who also find themselves as victims of, of of these just based on their sexual orientation and or identity, and so you come to realize that this entire campaign, this entire aspect that 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 is and and don't get me wrong to raise awareness to be able to bring together those thoughts to be able to want to build people up and you know make us aware of these issues it's a great thing but if there is actively no recourse if there is actively no system that proves that this is working mm -hmm. then it is all for naught and here's the round in circles exactly it, yeah. exactly and and it, it, it starts with trying to understand that one our system our our justice system from correctional to policing to the actual judicial system and its processes number one can be flawed but it's also about a learned uh behavior case in point we, we often use the term uh, uh you know don't rape uh, when you say don't, uh, it leaves the option and the opportunity do not. It's literally a corrective command to say mm -hmm. do not do something. But it leaves the opportunity or it leaves the, 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 the small semblance of the possibility of this thing being a thing. But if we had to change our language and say, uh, you know, we uh, stop, uh, it then changes how things are then perceived or uh, you know if you say this or that it changes how things are perceived so we need to start using language that actually affirms that this should not be something that actively is even an option in the lexicon of our existence as a people uh, you know it's the socialization of our children at a young age that that allows us to make these things better but if the work is not actively done 365 days of yeah. the year then it's an awful note of course i mean there have been a constant calls and i think this happens every year where you see a lot of activists talking about mm -hmm. how this should be a 365 campaign mm -hmm. uh, whereby the 16 days should not really just be 16 days uh, but we need to see uh, you know efforts we need to see 
people really intentional about yes. how they deal with this scourge uh, because we've been told that it's not just a scourge anymore it's a pandemic yes uh, to a point whereby uh, we need to see all hands on deck and also ensure that uh, there's the release of resources uh, to fight this scourge because we can talk as much as we can but if we don't have conducive environments on the ground to help ensure that men women members of the lgbtqi plus mm-hmm. uh, they tend to feel safe on the ground uh, then it tends to defeat the entire uh, purpose uh, when you look at it uh, the capacitation of law enforcement authorities mm. uh, the issues of uh, sensitivity training uh, for some of these people that are operating within these spaces uh, the building of safe spaces uh, safe houses you know what i mean for people that decide that you know what this relationship doesn't serve me anymore i'm breaking away from it i i need to ensure or i need to be guaranteed that at least there's a some sort of a safe space for exactly. me to go to uh, when i decide to pull out of that particular uh, space so, so so there's a lot uh, happening here uh, children also finding themselves in the uh, center of what is happening here uh, i mean we're just even with the minister mentioning uh, this is you know the issue of uh, mm. gets to uh, this uh, particular uh, you know leader mm. or perpetrator uh, who was found wanting uh, with issues of child pornography yeah. and their likes so it tell it, it it tends to tell you that uh, we are dealing with a lot that needs to we need concerted efforts here mm-hmm. uh, from the powers that be to make this scourge uh, go away uh, because each and every year like i mentioned around this time we tend to see campaigns yes. linked to the names of those that are no more and 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 we can't keep then counting numbers and adding a name every year uh, to those that are no more we need to find some sort of a strategy that works here uh, that will see the numbers coming down in a way that we won't just be talking 1% down and exactly. uh, then we celebrate the fact that there's one percent that is down when we can just really be pushing uh, to ensure that uh, one day we'll see the minister uh, you know a quarter later uh, getting up there on the podium to say that we didn't have any rape happen exactly in this period in this three months there was no house breaking there was one two three we've increased the boots on the ground we've pushed uh, to ensure that there's visibility we're working with community policing forums and the likes to ensure that you blow the whistle on perpetrators we're rooting out drugs and criminal elements uh, be frank to say our challenge is still here here and there uh, but then we are pushing to ensure that uh, we win this war at all costs you know mm-hmm. so that is something that will inspire confidence here and then just hearing that the numbers have gone down one percent yay and then we do running commentary around it exactly as if there's been like a little bit of a tangible move here exactly uh, is we need to uh, yeah really look into how we deal with issues of crime and the likes here at home uh, but uh, yeah one of those stories story is around the festive season and i want us to just maybe probably just wrap a uh, a day with it here uh, mm-hmm. in terms of uh, the news wrap where uh, we are warned that uh, and i was saying that we're inching into the festive season uh, it, it, we're seeing authorities here mm-hmm. uh, saying that you need to ensure uh, as well that you really really then become responsible around uh, the festive season we go in there Yes, yes, yes. It's about that time. Uh, come 
Friday, uh, it's about that. It's that lifestyle. It's that, uh, as they call it, it's a, it's not a season. It's not a. It's a lifestyle <laughs> in South Africa, and it is the festive season, uh, December first, uh, the greatest month of the uh, year. Uh, right. So at the end of this week, we'll be in December. We'll be in December, <laughs> and it will be so great. But certainly, with that uh, festive season, we, we we understand that it also tends to be a silly season, and there's always a need. Uh, for us to ensure to the best of our ability uh, that we make the most of being safe. We know that uh, road fatalities and just the number crime tends to also take a bit of a spike, you know, from people leaving their homes and so people going in and all those other things. But what we do know is that uh, there are some uh, rules that we need to remember, especially as we will be making our commutes uh, on the N1, N12, N2, N3. Uh, flashing lights and hazards, uh, some written, unwritten, uh, but very handy road rules ahead of the festive season. And this is certainly to all those uh, that understanding that Christmas is around the corner. Um, and when you look at it, during last year's festive season, millions of South Africans and almost one million tourists took out to our roads uh, en route to various destinations. Chances are that the numbers are to increase, uh, and especially with you know the early the Springbok holiday being given to us on the fifteenth of December. <laughs> oh, there's that. Uh, yeah. There's that too. So <laughs> these are some of the rules that we need uh, to remember. These are not applied consistently uh, across the country, but uh, by all truck drivers. However. Um, this is according to the CEO of uh, City Logistics. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can be used by tourists and drivers to better understand the road behavior that may encounter. So number one, uh, hazard lights. Vehicle lights are used to communicate with other road users all over uh, the world. South Africans particularly are fond of this, uh, but these signals can be a complete min- mystery for foreigners. So when a truck moves over to provide space for you to overtake, the polite and expected response is to turn on your hazard lights to thank the driver. The driver will then flash their headlights to communicate your welcome. But remember, the most important thing around this is being given the necessary space to do that. Number two, indicators and brake lights. Now, this is, of course, certainly uh, the indicator part. This is, uh, as many would say, for those that drive your uh, German vehicles, but about the PM, the VW, apparently, Banalosi indicate But if the truck can't move over, the driver will use their indicator to signal to the vehicle behind that the road ahead is clear for an overtaking maneuver. However, if the oncoming lane is not safe, the truck driver or any other driver really will usually tap on their brake multiple times to inform the driver behind uh, that it's safer and more sensible to stay put. Number three, headlights. It's important to remember that flashing headlights can mean other things in different situations. Travel, it can either mean that you're traveling too slowly under the speed limit in the fast lane, for example, um, then you may be flashed. Uh, if motorists or truck drivers traveling in the opposite direction flash their lights at you, remember that you are most like they are most likely trying to warn you to reduce your speed and be alert and cautious as there may be an obstruction in the road ahead, such as an accident or a traffic stop. But beyond these, we remind everyone uh, that prior to getting on the road, make sure that your cars are actually roadworthy. Uh, Not sure how the weather may be, but we know that at times our festive can be wet and wild. 
make sure your windscreen wipers are uh, the blades are replaced and are doing well make sure that when you travel by car you have your spare wheel and it is still in a good condition but most importantly this can never not be said always make sure that you do not drink and drive whether it's one sip and you have to get back behind the wheel Even it's a glass one of sip. wine it's one sip too Stay many away. it's one glass too many just uber <laughs> Stay at home, do what you need to do, but let us be safe out there. We must be safe around, yes. uh, you know, firecrackers, firelighters, Correct. how we, you know, carry ourselves. Mm-hmm. Cricket, you know, they're still dangerous. So, so we need to be careful around mm-hmm. that as well. Guard the young ones because they tend to get so excited. And then the next thing, this little one is going to lose a finger here. Mm-hmm. We don't want that. We don't want that. So those so, are the tips. Yeah, we, those are safe. the tips. And, and, and I think we need to uh, constantly just remind our people yes. uh, just as we go into the festive season around yes. the dues and the dawns. Uh, but I was also reminding them when we started the show, that the police are also out in their numbers. So don't, don't take your chances here. Uh, so better safe than sorry. Most uh, uh, Uber as much as you can. Uh, but just also be responsible mm. in your intake as well. Uh, there's the heat to fainter and the likes, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> when, the, when the weather is above 30 degrees, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> okay, I want just to leave it here uh, for this morning. Thank you very much, man, uh, for coming through. Uh, we wish you, you everything of the best uh, in the week. Uh, also, maybe remind us uh, who are you on the socials? Uh, Instagram and X. I still need to get that right. Instagram at <laughs> X at LRK underscore Musue. That's at LRK underscore M-O-S-U-W-E. That's where you can find me. That's where you can find us having all these conversations and more. But thank you for the time. Thank you for the opportunity. And let us always remember our country is a beautiful place and it is still worth fighting for. Thank you so very much. He's a social commentator and you can catch him on at LRK underscore Musue there by X also. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.